Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome along to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM. This is show number four, um, and I'm really, really super, super excited uh, to be back with Mr. Good Sir, Mr. Ricky. Hello, sir. I'm going to turn that off because of Shaken Stevens was playing in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, yeah. Actually, he's actually in the... Sh- it's a guy, isn't it, Shaken? He's in the studio right now playing a little set because uh, <laughs> he has to busk uh, <laughs> these days. Um, but how are you good, sir? Welcome back. Okay, yeah. Um, um, oh, I'll obviously say some segues in a second, but I just wanted to ask how you were. I'm all right. I'm good today. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Is the sounds okay? Because I should let the audience be aware of. I might be asking Ricky that a couple of times because my headphones ain't working. Well, um, so I have no idea. Okay. Awesome. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, quick disclaimers for people who haven't listened to this show before. Is uh, this is a mental health show? So predominantly, we'll be talking about mental health issues um topics uh we'll debate about things and we talk about taboo subjects so the reason we do a disclaimer right at the beginning of the show as it says is your first time listening because we've done a bunch of shows on itunes uh, and this is our fourth on spice fm uh we may talk about something that might be difficult to listen to or whatever it may be but we have a disclaimer of us that we believe in free speech and open-mindedness and um we obviously don't just talk about uh, mental health issues otherwise it would be a kind of dull show so we kind of talk about fun stuff and uh you know stuff in the news and uh, stuff that we like so it's not all mental health heavy but i'm just saying that the the subject matter is predominantly about mental health so just to let you know also we should let people know because i know spice want us to promote this is uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can uh, buy text Texting 80039, uh, text the word spice and we'll get it. And uh, if you want to email us, it's studio at spicefm.co.uk. And also, if you want to talk to me or Ricky directly, you can at, at geek underscore apocalypse is my Twitter handle and at vivid Ricky. Uh, and we also have our own Twitter for this show, which is at underscore mentally sound. Um, and one way or another, uh, we don't necessarily read the tweets on the air, but obviously, because um, we are currently looking for someone to do that actually in the studio. Um, yeah, but we'll. Uh, but we have access to the spice one so if you want to send us something via that we may be able to read it during the show um anywho um so um this is a once a month show so the first thing we kind of do is like a sort of intro and kind of tell you what we've been up to and whatnot so uh so how have you been and what have you been up to since we last spoke i've been uh to be honest uh there's been good days and bad days um some of that was sounds like the beginning of a song (laughs) (laughs) and now here's some music (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah this reminds me of a song he just like cuts to it he just picks up an acoustic and goes i don't feel in the mood (laughs) sorry it was funny we discussed before a previous show about like you know how the heat uh, i know the heat's kind of affected you in in recent times isn't it so, yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's sort of got to me on a few days. We, we had the heat wave not so long back, and I, and I really struggled with that. It's kind of like an anxiety trigger. But mm-hmm. um, I've, I've managed to persevere, and it's not worn me down too much. Um, I was in Durham uh, on Saturday for the Miners Caller, and uh, it was an awesome time. But at the same time, when you do something that, that, that you know, is a large event and, and, you know, takes up most of the day, you, you kind of feel like a, a bit of an emotional hangover after a few days I don't know if you ever feel like that you know when you, you attend yeah. something big it takes you a good while to recover even though it's something mm-hmm. you know, you'd enjoy and you know um, I don't know is that the same with you mm-hmm. uh, where you feel uh, you know and it took me days to, to, to get by but yeah I'm, 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 I'm in a good place now good no that's that, that's um, and uh 
R- Ricky knows this. I've just suddenly like this is a, this is a weird situation because I say my headphones don't work, but I'm still wearing them, yeah. and yet I've just started to hear stuff on the left side of my ear. So that's why I was like, I think Ricky looked at me with a degree of like, why is he sort of like his ears went, Meh. and it's because uh, like his face went kind of a little bit contorted, and it was because I can suddenly hear Wait, myself come back to life on my left side, okay. not my right side, which is a bit weird. Um, so that's why I was kind of like, I can hear me, but not hear you that well. So I'm wondering whether you just maybe put the microphone a little bit closer to you. Um, uh, like not on the left, not on like the side of your face, so I can hear you properly. Make it just okay. be a little, yeah, yeah. That, like that. That'd be better. Um, but anyway, cool. Um, but no. Um, what what I wanted to get to because we because uh, we should say that we have uh, we usually have about four guests or so on the show, uh, but we only have three this week, um, which is good because it gives me and Ricky the opportunity to kind of do an actual intro because um, with having a show on bef- uh, some uh, a show on Spice FM before we do ours, um, it doesn't give us the opportunity to kind of talk at the beginning as much as we'd like to. So for the most of the first half hour, we actually get the opportunity to kind of catch up, which we don't usually do sometimes, especially in our old show. Um, way back when is that when there was like eight guests yeah, well. <laughs> and we had like eight minute windows and like uh, and, and, one after the other yeah it? and so, uh, as Ricky will uh, back me up when I say and Stephen surely uh, behind the scenes slowly loses the will to live yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway so um, the green room was manic at the time yes um, but it was fun times and obviously if you listen on iTunes you can listen to our previous shows that we've done um, but yeah so in terms of um, uh, my my hell that I've been through since the last show and I guess I'll because we have a bit of time I'll give the whole the, 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 as good a version as I can mm-hmm. uh, so and I'll even be honest and say how it happened because it's funny um, <laughs> and Ricky this is the this is one of the small advantages because me and Ricky rarely talk about what we're going to talk about but he being that we're mates he knows the story already yeah. um, so this is mainly for the audience's humour um, I'm but, just lighting a cigar now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's just sitting back in his chair and he's like, I'm just going to see <laughs> Stephen. Yeah, I'm just going to now see Stephen for the second time, uh, <laughs> embarrass himself. Um, anyway, so, um, I've, I was super, super sick. And if you, once the last show, because we need, haven't needed to put them up on iTunes yet, but the last Spice FM show last month, um, I mentioned, I'm pretty certain in the introduction that I wasn't feeling that great. Um, and I just kind of powered through basically and it turned out that I had some sort of a fever but what I didn't sort of explain was that currently being that I'm nearly 30 as I'm um, dating um, I've been trying to date for a while uh, since my last relationship ended really um, and I went on a date with this girl two days beforehand um, it went fairly well uh, we ended up having a, a good a goodbye kiss kind of thing um, and then what ended up happening was the day later, so this is the day before we did our show last month on here, is <laughs> she then goes, she then texts me, and bearing in mind this didn't work out, so this is the double whammy of it didn't work out and she gave me a, a, a really, um, a really uh, awful fever, is she goes, oh, I'm not feeling that great and I'm in bed right now, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's awesome, and so I felt fine at the time. And then I had one of them, you know, nightmarish, uh, sleeps where you just, you, you feel like you're awake the entire time, but you, like, kind of all over the place. Then you wake up and re- and you're, like, really just, I woke up feeling, like, really feverish. And as you know, like, it, and I'm, huge thank you to you and Steve for, like, sort of helping me through that show, but I was just, like, absolutely struggling, especially the second hour, because I took a, you know, I was taking, like, prescription medication to get through it. 
Um, and then, so basically, the symptoms that she described the day before, I started to have over that weekend. And so after this show ended last month, I went home and basically slept for about 24 hours. Like, literally didn't wake up for 24 hours. And then I just was, like, really, really struggling for a good week. Started to feel a little bit better and did a podcast with uh, Pamela Nadu, which was really awesome for Geekpocalypse, my podcast I do. And I really enjoyed that. But then the day after, I started to feel like... I, I, I remember during that podcast struggling to kind of talk for a long time and then so I started to feel in the back of my throat like uh, and on my tongue like some spots and they started to like really started to irritate me and I started to like lose my voice and get a sore throat and then within a two-day period it just went from that to completely my swollen tongue uh, I thought I was tonsillitis to begin with and then it turns out basically to cut a long story short I had strep throat which um you ninety percent of cases is children. Um but the girl I was dating had a child. So my theory is that our child passed it on to her because it's contagious strep throat. Even especially if it's not treated. Um and yeah, so she had it because it can lie dormant for a while as well before you notice you've got it. Um and she was said she said afterwards, I was seeing a lot that great when I went on your date and I'm like, Oh, you tell me like two days after. Like that's awfully nice of you. Um so yeah, it was a little bit um ridiculous. So um what ended up happening was so my fever developed into strep throat, um, which I don't recommend to anybody. It's the only way that I describe it is the only similar pain that I've ever had, but this was way more consistent was when I was working as a, a social worker slash youth worker a few years ago, I was coming out of a school and a guy who was like listening to headphones on a mountain bike was going far too fast and didn't realize I was like walking on the same path because it was like a path, it's like a dual path thing where pedestrians can pass but also cyclists. And he didn't realize where he was going and he just about, th- in about I don't know, he's probably going about 30 mile an hour and he crashes straight into me like head first. Um, I tangle into the bike and uh, not only that, I tangle into the bike and fall down and he lands on top of me so his like his crash was was preempted by my body um so i took the full brunt of not only his bike but also his weight land on top of me and i'd like cracked a couple of ribs um, and i was like, fractured i guess and so i had to be off work for a month and just sat on my couch and but the difference with that was i got to watch stuff and as long as he didn't move it didn't really hurt that badly and um, but this was like just constantly and i was constantly like just going oh um and it was it was it was awful like it makes you get really really bad toothache you feel like you're eating glass every time you swallow um and you can't eat because you had like two-thirds of your mouth is swollen um and the irony is it says drink lots of fluid and i'm like the only way i can drink fluid is for a straw and every time i do that it hurts like hell um so it's just i do not recommend it and because you're highly contagious i spent literally two weeks in my flat uh using all my three minutes on my phone talking to people because i was completely unsociable so to cut a long story short, my entire uh, three and a half week period in between shows was entirely miserable, and I'm just really glad that I'm over it. Really, it might as well be. Yeah. Um, but good to see you back. No, no, yes. Worst, so. um, I mean, I still feel a little bit tired, but um, but I'd, I'll gladly take that in relation to. Um, in relation to how I was but feeling. But afterwards, like I was explaining before with the gala thing, there, there is an emotional hangover even when you, with, with physical illness as well. You know, when you go through like a, a tough time, there's a sort of like a, a period where you need to recover, but it takes a toll on mental health, do you not think? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I I definitely think that was that was what was going on with me as well. Is that um, it 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 Yeah, it exasperates the symptoms that you have in general. Um, and as you were pointing out earlier, just the weather as well. The weather like um, uh, wasn't fun either because it was difficult to stay warm. When you got a fever, you were already feeling exactly, ridiculously yeah. um yeah. ridiculously uh, uh hot. So yeah, it was a little um. It was a little ridiculous. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm just glad that I'm in a, a better place. <laughs> this is like a Zen moment. I'm in a, I mean, I had a Zen moment. And something's like really uh, feeding back. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Sorry, my bad. Uh, there you go. That seems to have, that fixed it. Hello. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> Sorry, just, I, don't, I can hear it. Um, I don't know whether or not it's my headphones playing up, but um, this is a weird setup. Um, but yeah, I can just hear a um, noise. Anywho, um, so that basically covers my entirely miserable, uh, miserable existence <laughs> over the period of time. But um, I'm feeling a little bit better. Um, and as I said, oh yeah, and the moral of the story, which is funny, is don't kiss random strangers because <laughs> <laughs> you never know what will happen. Um, well, yeah, I think by law it's not re- recommended either. <laughs> by law, well, it's you know, be well, the back of a police van. Yeah, actually, yeah, I should, I should maybe yeah, rephrase that to say it wasn't random strangers in the sense of uh, it, it was someone I knew and I'd talked to for a while but for the most part it was someone I didn't know maybe don't talk, don't kiss someone you don't know very well because uh, the joke is now I think I'm going to go to uh, go to dates by going if you could just take a test before I with this goes any further because <laughs> so, uh, I don't recommend strep throat to anybody and as I say if you don't take the antibiotics which is now how they treat strep throat um, you're contagious, so you can't really do anything. So it's you know, and I'm quite a sociable person, even though as we've talked about plenty of times on the show, you know, you can be anxious and everything else, but for the most part, um, uh, yeah. So um, so yeah, fun times. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, um, so yeah, so um, I should mention at this point because I mean we're going to talk for a little bit longer because we, as I said, it's nice to have a bit of time because uh, we want to talk about Chris Cornell. I don't think we're going to be able to play because um, I I can't seem to get um. Uh, or memory stick to work yet but I know we wanted to talk to Chris Cornell because we never got to last month um, but I just want to mention that we've got uh, Chris who's a social worker who um, who you booked I seem to remember uh, we potentially might play um, a pre-record with Nick Bowman if we can get that to work um, we also got John is it John from West End Food Bank? Uh, the Reverend, um, yeah, Reverend John Packer. Who, uh, the Reverend, yeah, of high esteem. I mean, if you go back to, for listeners, um, yeah, we had them on before. Interviews, yeah. um, about a year ago mm-hmm. on a previous station, we we interviewed them, and a lot's happened in a year, and more will be revealed uh, when he when John comes in and t- tells us about that. Because, yes. Um, They've been they've been to the movies. Um, I've been to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, and we've had them on before, and they're awesome, and they do a really good job. And I remember, I think I said this on last month's show, is that Isaac Hayden, who's the um, oh, yeah. is the Newcastle player. Um, I know he did that over the summer. Really, he might know more. Than, but we can ask him about that. He might well, know I about. I think so. It's it's a um, it's a, um, a project they've got together with Newcastle United. Uh, it's a NUFC food bank. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a working conjunction to to. Because it is the largest food bank in the in the country. Yeah, we've talked about um, this before. And yeah, every, and towards the end of the Super season, fun. fans were um, they got, they had drop off points outside the stadium, so um, yeah. fans could come in and drop off some. That's food, really you know? fun. So. No, no, really, that's really good. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, so yeah, we're going to talk to him. Uh, that's in the second hour, and we're going to say we're going to talk to Chris, who's a social worker. Uh, sometime after like twenty five to one, uh, we're also going to talk to Holly. Um, uh, do you want to explain? She's she's got another guest as well. Do you want to explain who that yeah, is? Yeah, Holly. Uh, just met her outside. Uh, she's brought along Sam, who um, 
is who's autistic and what holly does is she's part of a, a she, she's 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 got she's got a few things under her belt in terms of what she represents but the what i how i found about her and her project was um do you know in gateshead there's a, a new hotel that's just opened called the vault Mm-hmm. And they employ um, people who are autistic and and people who've got learning disabilities. So it gives them a gives them a, an opportunity to to work in sort of a hospitality and gives them a, a training and I believe a qualification as well because I think Holly also works for um, uh, an employment um, uh, company which sort of helps and aids people who are vulnerable get into the workplace and, mm-hmm. and provides them with support and respite and everything so i was i was ecstatic that she agreed to come on yeah before we actually um before we actually was starting to do the show and uh it's sort of a little pre i guess a pre-meeting before we start the show every week um i was saying i was quite interested to talk about autism because mm. um you know i guess you know a little bit about it and i guess you sort of like i guess the one thing that you remember and, and ricky made a really good point is that i guess it's because this is um associated with um with 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 films in it like rain, rain, it was rain man autism autism wasn't it um so you kind of get that sort of notion of like someone who has a good memory but maybe doesn't have a high quality of life and so it'd be interesting to see if that's sort of stereotypical because yeah. i find hollywood can be very stereotypical with certain mental health issues that they take the extremist version it's either, I think one, that's yeah, interesting. It's either one way or the other um yeah. it's like you know rain man was a huge huge film and i believe dustin Hoffman did get an oscar for that mm-hmm. um so, but is it, yeah, is, it done, yeah. is, is it a fair portrayal? Is it a fair portrayal? Does it is it is there an expectation that everyone? Yeah, every which is the reason we do that? the show really is that we can kind of talk like about I was these things. To yeah. Previous on a previous show about you know Hollywood how it treated like war films more realistically you know especially like post Vietnam mm-hmm. where they really sort of you know delved into the subject of PTSD and so on and yeah uh, I think yeah they've become more honest um, over the years I, I would like to think. Mm-hmm. But you were back to Chris Cornell. You yeah, yeah. Know. Sorry, yeah. We've got like a few minutes left before I need to play something. So yeah, we we there, there was. I was the reason I was there pausing there was trying to see if I can play the song really. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if I click this if something happens. But we could try, and if it doesn't work, I'll just play a random song from the database. Yeah. Um. Because um. For some reason, this isn't working. But we'll see what happens. I've I found it on our memory stick that we've got. So let's see if it works. Because yeah, um, I, we did explain in the was it the first show i guess the pilot is they they have a very a very random <laughs> shall we say random uh version of music like that, okay. that like like and i remember like we could only find one playlist for the last first couple of songs which was entirely 80s music but oh, yeah. and quite good music though yeah. I, uh, I have to say i quite like the old 80s stuff well, 80s but, um, is very much in at the moment yeah yeah um I, you know vintage music is kind of a uh, I, I would say I listen to way more than mo- yeah. way more than modern stuff. So, um, but anywho, so um, yeah, Chris Cornell. Um, I mean, do you want to say what you think, and then I'll I'll add to it. Um, just what was your reaction when you found out? Uh, I think when the thing, it, it, it's sort of a modern way of finding out about things. That when you see someone trending on social media, you kind of fear the worst. And I don't know. One morning, what going back a few weeks, you saw his name there, and you're thinking, eh. And yeah, and it was like the saddest news. Um, going back to my uh, association, as it were, I mean, grunge music, as you know, the, the early nineties scene around Seattle. Um, that was uh, that that kind of changed my life and really got because before that, I really hadn't had a grasp of music of any sort, which really kind of that I became a fan of. Um, I remember picking up a. a 
a um, copy of Melody Maker, I believe, and um, it was a double page spread about look what's going on in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it listed all these bands, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and I was kind of intrigued because they were comparing it to Mersey Beat, like Liverpool, the Liverpool scene of the 60s. And um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, so I, I became a big, I was a big Nirvana fan, and I was, we, we know about what happened to, to Kurt Cobain, and and uh, I guess that was my first sort of inkling, you know, in terms of linkage between um, music and, and mental health and, and how destructive the relationship can be. Um but so yeah, um, and I've always followed Soundgarden since. I, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was a huge, huge fan compared to the other bands I mentioned. But um, um, I saw them uh, not so long back on TV. I think they toured here last year sometime, um, and it was good to see them back uh, on strong. And um, yeah, this 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 news as as ever with with suicide. It was so out of the blue and and, and shocking. And um, it was it was kind of like um. I mean, there's, there's something that I, I'll try and remember to talk about in today's show. But um, I remember there was a woman who got killed by her throat being slit in the car park. And I remember telling you this story uh, a couple of days ago. And the reason it was it it, it was um, something worth talking about on here is, well, obviously it was horrible what happened to her. Basically, it was like a person who liked her at university who was jealous or something because I don't think she liked him that way and sort of um, lost his mind basically and uh, slit her in a car park and kind of like knew what he was doing mm. um, so what sucked about that was um, um, basically and uh, in the article I read on Yahoo in particular it was, it was mentioned in a bunch of different places but um, one of the things that they they uh, basically advertised was that she talked about mental health openly mm-hmm. and the response she got which i know ricky was interested in um was that i, I saw some responses on like twitter and the comment section of yahoo it was like because she happened to be a particularly good looking girl and she was like sort of early 20s and they were like oh she was the, the sort of stereotypical response it's like it, it annoys me because you have to sort of get over a stereotype in order to talk about another stereotype yeah. and what i mean is the stereotypical view people have about mental health is that they don't even get to that because yeah. they they they're, they're, they're blocked by oh she's good looking mm. which gets sort of means that it's not relevant that she had a mental health issue which completely shows the ignorance people have about mental health is that you can have everything and still feel yeah awful. it's like when people say um i've often had people say to me that I-, I can't believe you're anxious or that you have ptsd every time i see you you seem very talkative and you, you seem to have a smile on your face where uh, and that's the classic um facade isn't it because you know i think at times we we do have to put on that mask because it's our only way of dealing and 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 you don't really know what's behind the scenes until you really t- talk it through and yeah but you know going on about looks you know just because she happens to be good looking all is all is well um mm-hmm. no but but how wrong they were no absolutely um I'm just trying to say, I'm, I'm, I really, really, really want this Billy Jean thing, Billy Jean thing to work. Vamp, Ricky, vamp, <laughs> while I try and figure this out. <laughs> I thought I'd fixed it. Uh, well, give it, give it some. Um, I tell you what, we'll play, we'll play something, and we'll play the art because we need to, we need to have a quick sort of uh, jingle break and some ad breaks. So it'll give us a good sort of six minutes, and I can see if I can fix it during that, and then potentially we could play it on the hour or something like that oh, as a kind sure. of tribute. But from my point of view, um, Chris Gornell was awesome. Um, my sister was a huge fan of Soundgarden growing up, and I pretty much own virtually every album I think he ever did. Um, so I was kind of like disappointed 
Um, but this thing that like people kind of like want and do his music and like like download his music after he dies and sort of listen to him for a week and then forget he ever existed, I find very weird. Um, and I know to we've me, discussed I, this Black before. Black Hole Sun. When I think about song. the '90s and, and think of anthems, I think that that's that you know along with you know smells like Teen Spirit and so on. Uh, Black Hole Sun's awesome. Uh, love the video as well. Yeah, uh, sad loss. Um, great Indeed. Time, yeah. um, and just because I like this song and I just noticed it on the database, I'm going to play The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson because I do like that song. Um, so yeah, we're going to take, uh, oh actually no, I need to play the, uh, to play the jingles first um but yeah we're going to take a quick break now as i say on the half hour we always ever take a break and play a little song so as i say we're going to play some jingles right now i'm going to work out what that noise is mm. i've turned down the music i've turned down every microphone so i've got no idea what's going on because that normally doesn't happen but anyway um so we'll try and figure that out during the break and uh, as i say we're going to play some jingles right now and we'll be right back to talk to chris who's a social worker in the studio and you're listening to medley sound right here on spice fm SFM 98.8 FM Welcome to your community announcement answer machine To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge Call 0191273988 Select option 3 and record your message No more messages Spice FM 98.8 
Everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM. Spice, I'll turn that off. Um, huge thank you for listening to us. Um, uh, we greatly appreciate it, and obviously, uh, welcome back to the show. If this is your first time listening, as we've touched on at the beginning of the show, uh, we had to talk about mental health and various other uh, topics that come to mind. And obviously, we were talking earlier about Chris Cornell, which, um, as I say, if I get the chance to play the Chris Cornell song that I brought in, which Ricky is hugely wanting to listen to, uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll we'll play that at some point. Well, I especially show. wanted to hear it on the show first time. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, to get a genuine reaction because yeah. uh, I wanted to play. Billy Jean, uh, which was when he did uh, the sort of context to it, is that it was um, a, a, a cover he did, I think, a couple of days after Michael Jackson died, and it was in like a cafeteria in Stockholm, and basically... Um, he did he, there and then, didn't he? Yeah, and, some, and either the sound mixer who was doing his set, because he was doing an acoustic tour at the time, yeah. uh, like recorded it, and it got leaked, or I, it ended up on some album, potentially, I'm not sure, but anyway, I heard it because someone put it on YouTube, that was literally the only way I, I'd found out about it and it's phenomenal because it's typical chris cornell who just makes the song his own and it's mm. phenomenally good um and i thought that was kind of different to maybe just playing like black all sun which i'm assuming yeah. everybody did anywho uh, we'll not keep chris waiting because he's sitting here but um i'd say um we our first guest for the show which we touched on in the intro is chris who's a uh, sort of ex-social worker now should we say is that fair? Uh, <laughs> well, how fair. would you describe? How would you describe yourself? It's maybe fair. is a better way. Well, I graduated in. Contem- can you get closer to the mic, please, just so I can hear? Yes, I graduated in contemporary health and society guidance and counselling, so it's, it touches on uh, the social work area. Yes. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so you're going to talk about a number of different things, which is interesting. I, I noticed, like, because um, I guess I'm curious in that sense, he, uh, he's probably the first guest I've seen who's brought a bunch of paper. <laughs> so he's, I guess. He's done his homework. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, question number one of the test. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, it, I guess that's my most obvious uh, intriguement is uh, what what have you brought? What's this? Um, what are these? What are these? Well, or is this a secret? <laughs> no, 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 it's not a secret at all. Um, 
basically, I've been involved in a voluntary uh, uh-huh. uh, plus work capacity uh, in the drug and alcohol field for about six years. All right, cool. And um, you know, contemporary health is like the barriers in society. You know, societal barriers to uh, people accessing their well-being, and some, yep. some of these barriers are intrinsic within the value uh, within the individual. Sorry. Yes. And some are endemic within the society, mm-hmm. and the same can be said of services. Yeah. Because uh, one of my bugbear uh, about drug and alcohol services, stroke, mental health, yes. is timeline target-driven outcomes. Yes. Because Which know, is really difficult to achieve, yeah. It is, because mm-hmm. people are individuals. Yeah, yeah. Everybody makes a sense of the world in the mm-hmm. way that they understand it. Mm-hmm. So how can you pigeonhole each individual and say, we will achieve this by then, and this is how we will do it? Yeah. You know, It's like pushing too many people through that same one door isn't it it's not it's not treating everyone's needs individually because they all even if they're all diagnosed with the same thing doesn't mean the same thing thing will be sort of used on each one but me and steve were talking about this you know in regards to social work um how would you define social work for those listeners out there who don't know um i believe a, a social worker's job is to how can i put encourage encourage people um, to develop their own their own autonomy, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, think for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. realize their full potential, mm-hmm. you know, and help them pull down the barriers that they face. Yeah. No, I totally agree, um, and I think um, I, I kind of wanted to, to to stick on the the subject of what you said about um, goals and because um, from my own experience, and I've touched, I've talked about this on the show before, is just um, it's my criticism of like care packages, like that's that's something that i got given um because i spent a period of time in a psychiatric ward um and when i got out it was like oh he has the sort of care package and you get it's it's in my opinion you get one of two different things you either get a care package that didn't wave the paper is printed on i actually ended up getting both but i'm saying this is a usual thing that i i haven't talked to other people about it you get a care package that promises a huge amount of stuff and doesn't deliver or you get kind of a thing where it's like he has a care package that we have to do legally but we're not going to give you nothing when you leave um and it leads me and i want to ask you this directly in your experience as much as you're willing to to, to talk about is just um i i find that to me, it reinforces the, the the problem that we that anyone with like as you say with drugs, alcohol, whatever whatever your sort of problem is, it reinforces this issue I find that people have where they feel like they have to be ill to get treated. Like so, it's this sort of snowball effect of like, well, I'm getting all this help when I get into hospital, but when I get out, I get nothing. And so I end up back in hospital, and it like just it repeats the cycle over and over again. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, in your sort of words, like, do you agree with that? And like, how do we, how do you stop that chain? I guess it, it, from your, in your opinion. Well, I see the same cycle time and time again. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been in the northeast seven years, and in my experience, the same people are continually accessing services time and time again. Yes, and they're looking worse for wear. You know from what there was uh, seven years ago when mm-hmm. I first came here. Yeah. And uh, I produced a poster for the Royal College of General, General Practitioners uh, annual substance misuse conference last year. Mm-hmm. And basically my findings were funding is devolved from Public Health England and local authorities to organisations. Organisations have ob- objectives and targets to meet to secure funding. This leads, in my opinion, to tick box recovery outcomes. You know, 
and data collection, people's lives then become a numbers game. Mm. And I'm saying, what about the service users' needs? Mm. You know, how can we actually help people, you know, uh, provide meaningful services, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, and re- research shows that brief interventions, you know, sometimes people get a six weeks course of counselling. Mm-hmm. You know, it worked for some. But, you know, some people may be complex needs and they need a little bit more support. Yeah, yeah. But if, if, if that's the initiative, that's what they're getting. Yes. So it's not meeting the needs, mm-hmm. you know. And then, like you say, these people are left to their own devices. Yeah. Or passed on to somebody else. And you usually find, in the example that you just gave, or at least in my experiences, this is like after a long, long period of time waiting for the help. So the idea that they're going to solve something within six weeks when a person's maybe struggled for up to a year, I find just kind of a really poor expectation level. And it goes on how you originally started your point, which was excellent, was that mental health is not an exact science and it's not in terms of how someone heals from a process or like gets to a point where they feel they can cope with things or learn something. It's not an exact science to go. If you like, this is why I get really. I guess if, if I can say that, I'm sure, I'm sure I can say this, I get sort of peed off, I guess is the right way of saying it, is uh, <laughs> like in pre-watershed time. <laughs> is, uh, yeah, I get peed off when people say, and I'm sure you and, and Steve who's sitting behind you will say, it's like people who go to rehab for a certain period of time and go like the Hollywood way of going, oh, if you just go to rehab for a month, that means you're cured and you don't have to work on something. Well, you know, that's why I appreciate when someone who's got alcohol problems says they're a recovering alcoholic because there always will be a recovering alcoholic. It's the same as me saying I cope with my bipolar disorder, which I do every day. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't uh, if if I'm getting treatment or something. Do you see my point? It's like it's this sort of twisted logic of the going the the cure and aspect of we can cure you in this period of time and I'm like this doesn't work like that <laughs> just, um, so do you think it's um uh, and I like Ricky because I'm sure Ricky's got something to say is do you think it's budget reasons do you think it's just lack of money um, well I think because organisations are a business and they have to secure the funding so I, in my opinion I think they're trying to mix a business model with a social model stroke medical model of of recovery <laughs> and you know you, you you've got a pausing you know, spe- spectrums there. Do you think when it becomes more of a business thing, then it being a numbers game becomes more more of a thing than opposed to actual care to the individual? Yes. That becomes uh, a bigger game uh, then, doesn't it? Yes, and uh, the numbers can be manipulated. Data yeah. can be made to say anything. You know, an organisation will say, this is what we're going to deliver, how we're going to do it. You know, they collate their own data, and data mm. can be made to say anything. But... That may meet an organisation's needs, mm. but does it meet a, a person's needs? And I fully believe a person-centred approach, which requires adequate, f- adequate funding and resources to be effective, is the way forward, paving the way for meaningful and sustainable recovery, mm-hmm. possible reinforced with adequate aftercare and support. And as you, you made the imperative point before, it just becomes a, a tick box exercise, yeah. and just to just to show there and then that, that you've covered all aspects exactly. but it's a facade really isn't it because yeah. behind the scenes it's i mean as we know i've worked with you know psychologists against austerity and and i know i know what the impact of cuts have been to vulnerable people out there what, what's your own experience with cuts and how have you seen um i've seen workers caseloads yeah you know growing substantially and social workers themselves get under pressure and their own mental health becomes yeah. a an issue yeah. as well, doesn't it? I know some support workers, and they've got seventy clients on their books. Yeah. How can you see seventy clients? Exactly. Yeah, you know, and you know, uh, collect the data, write, you know, write, write up the reports. 
spend meaningful time. Do you think it's worse? It's red hot radio. Pain in the northeast is definitely worse than other areas of the country. And but I believe a person-centred approach would meet a person's needs, and also in the short term it may be dearer to yeah. deliver the service but in the long term it would be more cost effective mm -hmm. because if a person's needs are met you know maybe they can progress you know on yeah without being caught in the system mm -hmm. you know if we can encourage people to step out of that cycle what, what uh, you did to before steve you know that's what i think that's what we should be doing mm -hmm. no absolutely and i mean uh, i know this is like a really loaded loaded question but like what is the solution like i mean that's something that i guess i mean this is maybe something that maybe some somebody who listens to mentally sound consistently might sit might argue that it is critical is that it's very easy for us to kind of sit and debate things and go oh it's really difficult and awkward but um we maybe don't ask this question often enough is that like what's the solution what what can we do to do anything about it i guess that's someone who maybe is struggling listening to this might go well what do i do about it and i mean is, is there what do we do like from in your opinion is there anything Apart we can do more funding is there is there something yeah. missing is there something well as steve said before i think you said yourself we can't treat everybody the same yeah you know good point mm. um identify a person's needs you know some people may be more complex than others you know meet them needs other people may need less support mm. you know meet their needs and what do they need to do mm. i mean there's a model you'll both be familiar with the um cycle of recovery the stages of change yeah. you know and um, there's a similar model you know stages to success which is very much similar it's just the same model but different words and uh, what i believe in because i use, i do a bit of yoga it's empowering people you know some organizations have a very disempowering approach mm -hmm. you know uh, like they encourage people to say they're sick they cannot recover without mm -hmm. you know um that breeds dependence upon the group. Absolutely. Yeah. And when there is no exit strategy, I would argue, is it recovery or yeah. is it maintenance? Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned yoga. I'd love to. I'd love to have you back and talk more about the the yoga yeah. aspect because because I, I do meditation and stuff when ah. I can to combat my mental health. But going back to the point about the northeast, and I can. You told me you were a Leeds fan just for yes. <laughs> So you. Uh, but going back to the northeast <laughs> in general, yeah. Because <laughs> um, we're going to play a second half of a, uh, an interview I did with another social worker. Uh, not today, because I can't get not me today. can't get the memory stick away. <laughs> I previously but we were to gonna, yeah. a social worker um, who is still dealing with families who have been affected by the cuts to the mine. You know, the mine back in the eighties. A lot of those uh, communities uh, still haven't recovered, and I think that's that's really specific within our area. Would you agree as well? And back home in Yorkshire, is, is it still the case there as well? Yes, the area I came from, like, was, when the mines were around, was very, it was more affluent than it, you know, it became. Yeah. You know, it, it became a ghetto, a ghost town, no opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that is the thing, you know, in people's life. If there's a lack of opportunities and choice, yeah. you know, societal health becomes worse. A lot of those communities are built, because I, I always refer to those mines as the nucleus of ah. that water community. So if that goes, then everything around goes. I mean... You mentioned yoga there. I, I've got friends who live in uh, uh, Easington and Hettonway in, in County Durham, and they've set up things like local amateur theatre groups. So the young kids, as you say, who have a s severe lack of opportunities, can really can at least channel energy into something and try and get something out of that. Because 
uh, there's no other help out there. And um, I think when you say before, what it, what what's the solution? Uh, it needs more of a collective effort and, and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, things on an amateur basis can still provide hope for a lot of people, especially young young kids. You know, if people don't have a purpose in life or mm-hmm. a passion, what have they got? Yeah. You know, we, we all need, you know, work hard. L- life can be difficult at times. Mm-hmm. And we, sometimes we need an escape from that. Absolutely. And I find mine in yoga. And we have a philosophy in yoga, learning to breathe. You might as well talk more about it. How did you get into it then? What was your, what was your introduction to yoga? I, I met um, one of my mentors seven years ago when I came up here and he basically said, come and see me when you, you know, when, yeah. uh, when I left the rehab I was in. Right. And uh, his name was Jambo. I, you know, he won't mind me saying his name. You know okay. I mean? And uh, that guy taught me so much, learning to breathe. Because we use, a lot of people use less than 60% of their lung capacity. Uh-huh. And let's say if a person suffers from anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, when the palpitations come on, mm-hmm. the body goes into panic mode, yeah. and that creates a faster heartbeat. I know they're all too well as an anxiety sufferer myself, yeah. yeah. And you know, a very simple thing like learning to breathe, mm-hmm. possibly cutting sugars out of foods, mm-hmm. you know, and constantly losing concentrated food from our diet, you know, changing the diet. Yeah. And I did things like that, and I did a, a form of chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to college at the time. I couldn't sleep. I was in the gym first thing in the morning to combat, you know, the. That's the the, I do running on mornings now to yeah. combat that because my anxiety is often it's worse in the morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, wow. Well, um, it's, it was. Is, what's your stage with yoga now? Are you are you teaching other people or are you are you? Um, no, I go along. You part practice. of the class of you, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. practice. I'm I'm more of a. I like speaking with people and offering choices if I can, mm-hmm. you know, based on what I did myself. You Brilliant. Because the more choices people have, the more, you know. I, th- I, I think, like, um, it's interesting listening to you both because I think, like, that's the one of the things that I think there's not enough time spent whenever you hear someone kind of struggle with what, again, it's not just mental health, it's across any sort of spectrum of of people struggling in life, is that I don't think there's enough time spent on, because I find whenever they get any help, it's a very sledgehammer view of, of how to deal with things. It's very much like, we have to deal with the problem that's in front of you. It's a bit like, if someone has... I mean, this is something I talked to Ricky about before, is that if, if, if someone has, like, a, a, a bad leg, but yet their their sort of mental health is one where they don't want to get out of bed in the morning they'll deal with the broken leg but they won't deal with what the motive the why they're not motivated um and and i and to me that's the root of all the problems is that you may solve the broken leg but then that they're still going to feel the same way and still like not have any reason they, they need as to your point which was perfect was the a reason to get out of bed that um I th- especially like if you have a mental health issue and i can speak from experience is with having bipolar bipolar disorder one of the things that i find most most difficult is it's a very morbid condition so i have a very like if it takes control of me i have a very like skewed depressed viewpoint about life so the difficulty is how do you combat that and usually people who are who are ignorant and 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 you know dare i say idiots about it is that they kind of have this view of it, it is 100% down to the person who's going through it but the difficulty is is that if you struggle in to kind of motivate yourself to just keep going never mind anything else is that you have to have some sort of external external help whether it be just a friend saying you know 
you know, do you want to come round? Can I come round up? Can I hang out with you? Whatever it may be. It's this idea of that. Because um, I used to get this a lot of the it. You know, you need to you need to do it. It's it's all down to you. But then I'm a firm believer in that you having a support network and having other reasons to 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 do things is just as essential. Um, and in some ways is the motivating factor for a person to keep going because if you've got nothing to kind of keep going for it's very difficult to kind of go you spend a lot of time going well why try um, because uh, my point is a lot of people who have problems to this extent are really find it difficult to be self-motivated and to, and to have self-worth really and so where does that come from it, you can't just sort of click your fingers and go all of a sudden I'm feeling great about myself it's like it, that, that's where the support should come in and I don't think people who have that fortunate situation like sit and have the self-awareness to go they've clearly never like appreciated what they've got because if they're in a position where like their parents love them and their siblings love them and they have yeah, like unconditional love consistently. Um, you often find that people who aren't aware of that and don't get given examples of where that isn't doesn't exist. Is that they don't realize how grateful and fortunate they are to have that have that consistent support all the time, and they don't understand when a person goes, "Look, I'm trying very very hard to 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 live a worthwhile life and to feel okay," mm-hmm. but it's not as simple as that. Uh, it and uh, I think that to me is the going forward for future generations not just ours is that um i think that's the biggest hurdle is that i think it there's too much responsibility given to the person who's going through it whereas i i'm not against like i totally agree with the principle of that you should have some responsibility for what you go through in your own actions and as you said about yoga you have to like have the willingness to try and that's down to you to a certain extent but my point is it's just this idea of just leaving people on an island and go look after yourself and and see how it goes is that i just think that's where i kind of lose lose some respect for the human race because it's like we should care for everybody and um you know but there you go well, that's my rant to... that's my rant over <laughs> can i just come back yeah, yeah. on that one Steve? yeah yeah um you know a quote that i heard and you know i firmly believe in we should hold space for someone until they are ready you know and walk alongside that individual and support them you know to fulfill their potential you mm-hmm. know find out what they're good at find out what they want to do and one of my one of my old lectures uh, we never got onto that actually but no, 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 that's no, fine we'll have you back on yeah. <laughs> one, one of my old lectures always used to quote carl rogers on becoming yes. a person from 1961 and he says we cannot change we cannot move away from what we are until we thoroughly accept what we are the change seems to come about almost unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And what, what is basically saying, the therapeutic process cannot begin unless a person accepts themselves for who they are. Mm-hmm. Until that happens, we need somebody to hold the hand and walk alongside them, you know, to fis- facilitate the yeah. recovery process. I should give a huge shout out to I know she's an incredibly busy person, but um, I, I know Rick, um, I told Ricky this uh, recently because of um, I explained in the first introduction how difficult um how difficult I was I was ill during the last uh, from the last show to this show and I just want to say there's something I never mentioned in the introduction is just a huge thank you for example to my sister um because I I was like sort of struggling over last weekend and my sister was visiting from Preston 
and she's um I'm the youngest sibling, so she's um you know a lot older than me. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way. Uh, and uh, but she yeah, won't, no, she won't like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know she she know she knows. I know she'll laugh at that. We have that sense of humour. Um, but I'm saying like you know she's she's like you know in a much better position I guess than I am. Um, and she I forgot she was coming round. Uh, like I forgot that it was the weekend she was visiting, and I just said, oh, look, I'm really not feeling great and sort of struggling. So our solution was she came round and sort of in essence helped um she just like tidied my flat up and made sure my dog was okay and um and um you know really really helped me and like you know made sure i was fed and stuff like that and that sounds really simplistic but that actually really helped me get through the weekend and that's just an example of something fairly simple just taking a few hours out of your day and just being a little considerate and going okay you can't come to me well i'll come to you um and i i i i I said a few times to her just huge thank you for doing that because that's made my made my sort of process of sort of getting better like just sort of getting through whatever i'm going through now Mm -hmm. so that's a great example of where i get very very again peed off when people say well what can i do to help the answer is do what you would my my solution is always why treat mental health differently just be a friend be someone who's considerate and just say look you, you, if someone's saying I'm upset, you make them feel better by saying, well, I like you, and you do all the stuff that a regular consult person does. Just this kind of like sort of view that people go, as soon as you say the word mental health, people just go, whoa, I can't deal with that. And so maybe that's um, a really good way of segue of ending because we need to, we're on the hour now, so we need to wrap things up. Huge thank you, Chris, for coming on. I would never even talked about the university stuff, which is what Steve <laughs> said, but we'll we'll have you on in the future and we could talk about that in more detail because, um, yeah. Yoga as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and social, I mean, we never even got onto the social work program because I, I i've helped uh on the university course there uh-huh. in northumbria which we which we never got on to talk about but we'll talk about that at some point um please thank you for coming on and uh just thank you for thank you for thank you chris talking thank so you. openly and honestly and uh and just uh good luck with everything in the future thank you for having me are guys. you going to thailand by the way that's what Stu- that's um, what steve said possibly, <laughs> possibly if i don't find, find, the, find the right opportunity we'll give you we'll give you a call from that yeah yeah yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah ring in ring yeah. in international <laughs> rates can i just bring up first <laughs> steve's uh, ricky's t-shirt you yeah know, yeah he's got geordie's probably the best football, football supporters in, in the world, world. I would argue he's, probably he's gonna not. Have to, uh, he's going to emphasise probably, isn't he? Oh, yeah, we're Leeds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Thank right, we need to... Uh, no worries, thanks a lot, man. You could get Leeds. Chris is probably the only supporter in the world. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. What a zinger to Wow, yeah, yeah. Right, and on, and on that note, and on that bombshell... <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, we need to play some jingles right now, and uh, yeah, and then we're gonna play. I was supposed to play you the way we make you feel in the last break, so I'm gonna do that now. Uh, so as you say, you're listening to Mentally Sound on Spice FM. We'll be right back after these messages. Sick of the same old radio sound? <sighs> then you need vibrant radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, ninety-eight point eight FM. Gen2 Group is recruiting 10 apprentices. There's a range of exciting roles, including customer service and construction site management. To see all the opportunities and to apply, visit gen2people.com. G-E-N-T-O-O people.com. AsianWeddingPackage.com brings you the 5K Wedding, a complete wedding package for an unbelievable £5,000. Venue, staff, crockery, cutlery and glassware, catering by renowned caterers, soft drinks, chair covers, table centres, wedding stage, DJ and doll drummer or photographer. Also included is full organisation management by our expert events team, so you don't have the hassle. Come as a guest, leave as a guest. The 5K Wedding, a full Asian wedding package for an unbelievable 
unbelievable £5,000. This is a very, very special limited offer and subject to availability. Call now on 0191 or log on at AsianWeddingPackage.com or search us out on Facebook, Asian Wedding Package. যদি আপনি কোনো অপরাধের শিকার হন বা শিকার হয়েছেন বলে মনে করেন তবে দেরি না করে যোগাযোগ করুন ভিকটিম ফার্স নর্থ আমরিয়াতে আমাদের বিশ্বস্ত টোল ফ্রি নাম্বার শূন্য এবং পান উন্নতমানের পরিষেবা ও বিশ্বস্ত সহায়তা
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM. Hugely appreciative for you to join us here on this Friday, uh, on the 14th, isn't it? The 14th of July. July. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I am so like in my own world sometimes, don't even know what day things are. Um, but yeah, huge thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening to Mentally Sound, we really appreciate it. And huge thank you to Chris uh, for giving us his time, because as Ricky said, we were going to play a pre-record, but I can't get uh, the memory stick to work, uh, because th- this is kind of the thing of as great as the desk is and how good all the the stuff is in this studio which is a huge upgrade we were talking about this in the break about how better this is than the previous place we're in Mm -hmm. is uh sometimes stuff doesn't work like our headphones so if we had an issue with um he with hearing us uh in particularly in the introduction because i was trying to work out what mic was what and what sound it was and stuff like that i sincerely apologize and i'll try and fix that and post just teething for now we'll get yeah it's just which is which is up because i didn't mention this about my villain came out <laughs> early in the week. So. All right. Yeah. I thought you were going to say during the show there. I'm like, oh, that would have sucked. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, considering we've leaked into some times with uh, mental health news, I will introduce. This is a section we do at the at the start of uh, the second hour where we talk to our good friend Steve, who basically does mental health news, where we talk about the news, mental health related that's happened during the time we were off air, like during the in between the two shows because we do once a month show. So without further ado, yeah. I'd like to introduce Mr. Steve O'Driscoll House. Thank you. Hello again. Hello everyone. I do like. The that, 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 you, I hope you're appreciative by the fact that I do the best introduction. Uh, save it for you. Save it for you. did that for me. The big build-up. No, the big build-up. Yeah, I just go, oh, it's Ricky. Uh, oh, Ricky, of course. Steve O'Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Look at anyway. all the ticker tape. I know, yeah. Anyway, I, I, this is my favourite segment because I just sit and enjoy it. Like, it's the least stressful part. Uh, so anyway, so um, usually this can either be fun or can be serious or whatever it is. And Steve is, does the headlines. And I should reiterate, because I sometimes forget... Me and Ricky have never seen these things, so we get you get a genuine reaction uh, from what Steve says. So fire away with the okay, first headline. Okay. Well, just when you mentioned the 14th of July there before, Stephen, I, um, I was looking on the internet this morning, and today is actually National Happy Day. Right. Yeah. Well, I've screwed that up then. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought I'd get that one quickly in, not to recognise the apparently. If only I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanks, so Steve. Yeah. I feel so worse about myself now. I'm happy. happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we started off already with me giggling. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was already funny. Uh, okay, go on. And I thought an amazing story I found. There was a lady called Madeline Parker. I don't know if you've heard about this. She's a web developer and engineer at Clock Live Chat, and she emailed uh, her boss. And said oh she, yes, she was taking this two days off. It's amazing. She said she she emailed her boss and said I'm taking two days off to yes. look after my mental health. Yes, I heard about this. Yes, yes. yes. I, retwe- I retweeted it. Yes, actually, it's yeah. awesome. Go on, uh, um, just in case people don't know about the it. The lady yeah. got an amazing reply from the chief exec who praised her and said it should be ruled out in all organisations. I know. I saw that. Do you do, oh, do, yeah. do you did you write down? I, I didn't get to see what company it was. Was it like America or somewhere? It's was a it American, yeah. live chat wherever right. that, wherever that's based. Right. I'm pretty mm-hmm. certain. I think I think I'm right in saying I think it was American, but I might be wrong. But I heard that on Yahoo, and I thought it was. Amazing. Yeah, the sorry, boss. Ricky. The boss said something. He talked about stigma, didn't he? If That's only right, more yeah. pe- more workers came out and you know talked about it, then there's less stigma in the workplace, which yeah. is phenomenally great thing to say because it's something which I've campaigned for for a while. Actually. And I mean, so. for a chief exec to, to praise yeah, that and say it should be rolled out across all. Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, th- th- this is something. That, I mean, it's a it's a real serious point in that. I've heard examples of like friends say like, and it's 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 difficult to kind of bite your lip. But I mean, I do fight for 
you know mental health rights but it's like what's the difference between somebody who like i say i met touched on having strep throat like that's obviously a, a physical problem and, and 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 whatnot but what's the difference between that I, I would have no problem for example if someone was like sort of having suicidal thoughts or just feeling down or not able to work for a mental health reason is just as relevant yeah. as um uh, um i don't know whether or not uh, chris is trying to talk to us outside i don't know what, i don't know what it is anyway he's just walked away anyway but uh, yeah it's just sorry just to finish my point is to say this is just as um relevant as someone who has a physical issue sure. um so that i'm gl- thank you so much for bringing that up because mm-hmm. i read that and Brilliant. i completely yeah. forgot totally um so thanks that yeah. was awesome and uh, now i've got quite a bit of sad news actually um i don't know if you've heard that broadacre house we've been told we have to everybody has got to be out the building by november the third oh, so no. that sucks yeah but we have a, oh, a, a facebook page called rehouse rococo and if everybody could support that i mean we've had northumbria police into the building and they fully support because where are all these vulnerable people going to go Monday to Friday now? But uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Cause but that, you uh, kind of knew that this day would yeah, come, but probably not so soon. I yeah. mean, we were sort of promised a minimum of, of five years. Yeah. Yes. And just like, I think it was about three weeks ago, we got noticed. How long um, have they been in that building? Just over a year and a half, I would so say. So not that long. Yeah, because um, I saw a, a, a seminar with Alistair, who runs, uh, who runs Launchpad, and he was talking about... Um, he gave like sort of a synopsis about like the people who own like the east side of Newcastle, the two brothers and yeah, the Italian. They own the audience, yeah, they own like literally everything from like the sort of east of Northumberland Street. Yeah. And uh, he basically did say in that seminar, which I'm sorry, I'm sad to hear that that's the case because mm-hmm. he did turn around and say that you know there is a theoretically possible that any we could get our notice at any time. And I'm just I'm am di- disappointed to hear it was mm-hmm. so soon. Um, We've got things in the pipeline. We've got several options in Newcastle. Um, Mia House, which I'm sure you'll know. Yes. Um, oh, that's good. That's a good area. Yeah. Also, as as you come across the road from Broadacre House, there used to be a nightclub there. Mm-hmm. Tux too in my day. I mean, I'm in my 90s now. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the buzz sign and stuff's still there. We walked past yeah. it. Yeah. Buzz night, buzz night. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibility there. And the other possibility is if you go over the Tyne Bridge, just before you go over, on your right-hand side, there's a big green building. Mm-hmm. So possibly there. And... The last option, totally out the blue, Gibson Street, Baths and Baker. Okay, yes. So okay. There's, there's possibilities. We're not going to lose the momentum. Everybody's trying to stay no, together. No, no. So I'm assuming as well, because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, I mean, you might know more about, you clearly know more about this than I do, but I do know that, St- that Alistair said, because the fact that it's these brothers who own, like, from the east side of Newcastle, is that it is, there's a lot of buildings that are, like, sort of knock up occupants in so the reason yeah. so how they get round it is because uh, Alistair said when he first got in there and it's like this for a lot of buildings in that area is you get like a discount in That's order correct, to get people yeah. to go in so hopefully they'll yeah. find something I'm saying of like a similar rent yeah. So that, uh, but it, but I, I would just say for people who've no idea what we're talking about in terms of Broadacre, and particularly the fourth fourth floor, wasn't it? Um, fifth floor, fifth floor fifth sorry. Floor, yeah. um, is um, the just the like we we comment on this every time. Me and Ricky would go in, and I'm sure Steve says the same thing. Just you look at it and go, just the the the, the view. I don't know how anyone gets any work done. I would just sit I would there and say go. The view was amazing. I couldn't work on top of that because I would just be looking out the window. Twenty four. Yeah, and just going the <laughs> memories. <laughs> just looking across the. You can literally see yeah. all over Newcastle yeah, on a panoramic awesome, view. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's nice. Yeah. And, but and the, it, anyway. the reason I bought that the show was no, I good. Mean, if you know anybody that's using their Broadacre House, just uh, contact the local MPs. Kick up as much fuss as you can. And no, and Alistair and Launchpad, and, and Alistair and Launchpad in terms of behind the scene team is yeah. just as much got reference to the show as anybody. So yeah, that's sad to hear. I mean, all three um, of us here have had links to Broadacre, and it's, it's yeah, made a lot no, of no, exactly. Made a lot of things for us happen. It's a lifeline to me. Yeah, and guess and we get guests through that through that relationship. So there. But anyway, um, I guess to to wrap that up is to just say keep us posted and oh, hopefully if you know anything. Will, yeah. Um, okay, next one. And um, Prince Harry is telling youngsters to put their mobile mobile phones down because it's going to affect yes. their mental health. Yes. What he's saying to young people is he said you should take time to process your phone. I should have just to take the piss there. Got my phone out <laughs> and I was like, and just went and just went and just went. Oh, I think it's fine to say uh, <laughs> the peed off. Um, it is. Um, it is. I, I should have just went. Sorry, what was that scene? <laughs> As I'm looking just at my phone. Tweet that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just tweet what you said then. Because uh, yeah. apparently they're, they're just sending text. And there's no thought going into it. And just take. I don't know. Ten minutes a day just to t- sit down and process. Is this part thoughts. of his project, the the Heads Together campaign? Is it something? Certainly, like the, yeah. Freaky, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I call totally this, agree. There's, a, there's yeah. a name for this. It's I called can't. digital detox. Yeah, right, right. And I admit, I'm I'm of that. I don't know if you call it addiction or something, but every time I wake up, I always look at my phone, and and I hate that I do that. Do you yes. know what I mean? It's like, you know, at least at least trying, you know, de-stress in other ways. But I hate. Um, I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but it's like uh, this is one of the reasons I avoid like instant messaging uh, for that very reason is that because I have this my personality is very much one of like. If I am texting somebody and I want to talk to them in a longer form, I will ring them or I will, you know, organize to meet them and then have a proper conversation. I get very, very, you know, disinterested in this sort of instant messaging culture, which seems to be developing the younger you go down in terms of like if you talk to like people in their early 20s. I get very, very concerned that their solution to any real problem is to like text somebody about it, or in some cases just block them all together. Yeah. Which Ricky will know what I'm referring to when I say that. <laughs> but um, but uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, like you know, like not dealing with any problems at all because the we have so much access that the way someone deals with something is by cutting them out of their life by just basically, yeah, like, totally which right. I just don't. I, I, I don't find, agree with it at all. Because my point, I said to Ricky, which I think is a really important point. Is that that leads like instead of just saying to somebody if you don't want to speak to somebody anymore you should have the 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 know how and the 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 respect to go this is the reason I don't talk to you anymore because of what da 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 or it's not yeah have yeah. it like have the the guts to just tell yeah. the truth because my problem is if, if 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 I don't think people understand the snowball effect that that has because if you treat somebody that way they they may have a bitterness about the way they're being treated and then it, it and then it just it it sort of has this implied thing of that that's acceptable to treat somebody that yeah. way and that's where I have a real real problem because. If I ever like decide not to not to to speak to anybody, I just go look. This isn't gonna, this so isn't working out. How do you feel about out. social media in general? Because to me, I can't. It's a double-edged sword. It yeah. is. Um, it's good and bad. It's provided a community for people like ourselves with mental health issues. Because I would argue but at the same time there, there's also cyberbullying. There's also yes. addiction. There's, you know. So where it's used. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. Used. And I would say like this is one of the reasons I prefer Twitter over everything else because I say in general Twitter has done more good than bad. I would say. I mean, I know there's, that there'll be people that'll be willing to debate me on that, which I'm happy to hear. 
easier. Uh, but I would just that's one of the reasons I prefer Twitter because it's less um, it's less harmful. Um, I, I find I prefer because um, it's more instantaneous. It's yes, sort of, you can be brief without. Being but you can also be a little bit like random at the same time yeah. as well, and you don't get people going. Why are you being random for like on Facebook all the time? Where it's just like you know what? Why don't you just put baby pictures up? Come on, it's like you know, I don't have a child. I don't care. People really care about or sensitive about the amount of retweets and likes they get. You know, yeah, yeah. It's almost like we've talked about this before. Like it becomes like a social marker. I used to know people. And then if, things like body image comes into. Oh it. man, I used to know people that if I hadn't liked what they said in a Facebook post, yeah. they would be in, like, Get a really puff. touchy about it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, I'm seeing you later on the day. <laughs> I can tell you how much yeah. I liked whatever yeah. you said, and if I didn't, yeah. if you don't say a and if you don't say a post, oh my god, yeah. Yeah. you know, and they get so wound up because they don't understand that like you might have something to be doing. Like it's just yeah. dumb. Any quick ones, quickly, because I want to get I would the really next like guest on. Mention this, please. Um, as you all know, Mark Thorpe started me off in mental health and yes. gave me the confidence to speak out about my life and yeah. my problems. And yeah, I, I remember you telling that. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I haven't heard from him for seven years. And uh, two days ago, he messaged me, That's and awesome. I thought. I was so excited, but the guy's unwell now. He's just come off the wards oh. after three months, and I've invited him up to Newcastle, and I think it's now time for me, I've had the support of him, to return the favour. That's awesome. And get well really soon, nice. Mark. That's, really all nice. that's awesome. Yeah, I remember, like, um, in particular, because we talked about that quite a lot on the Geek Apocalypse episode yeah. that you did, so yeah. I encourage people to listen he's to a, that. He's an inspiration. Um, yeah, because that was really awesome that uh, Steve talked about, like, how he got to the point he is now. And so, and, yeah, uh, I people like him. Yeah. People like him. And listen to that podcast as well we did with, uh, <laughs> I did with Stephen. Yeah, it was um, good. It, yeah, it was great. I think that was, uh, in terms of, like, um, like... And point of note, that was actually done at Brodick as well. Yeah, yeah, I, nice segue. Yeah. It was uh, really good. Yeah, do you want to go and get... Um, is it John who's on now? Yeah, do you want to get him yeah. to come in? Yes, uh, Steve, that was uh, awesome. That was awesome, yeah. yeah. Let's see, we'll talk to him for a, a little bit. Um, um, that's awesome, yeah. Uh, sorry, like, uh, uh, it should be like Howard Stern. We need Fred Norris now to, to do some... Uh, sorry? No, of course it was, yeah, Steve. No, no he was just asking me. Ask, asking me. Uh, take a seat, please, John. Uh, sorry, we're a little bit pressed for time, so I'm trying to make sure we get you in. Um, but yeah, huge thank you, John. Uh, sorry for your wait. Hope it wasn't too painful. Uh, do you mind just getting close to the mic, please? Just you can move. Feel free to move it um, uh, closer to you. That's awesome. Uh, but how, how are you, good sir? Are you well? I'm very well, thanks. Yes. Awesome. Um, we were bigging you up. We were bigging you up earlier in the show. Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Um, we were bigging you up earlier in the show because you're from West Food Bank. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Um, and uh, we've had you guys on before. Yep. Um, and so it's a, it's really really nice to talk about you again because it's been a while. Because do you remember roughly? It was, it was about a year ago yeah, we had uh, Matthew, Matthew the, yes. the operations manager yeah. come in right. and yes. I, yeah. I I wondered about when we were going to get West End Food Bank come on but I felt even more imperative that we should have you on because in the last 12 months an enormous amount has happened hasn't it yes yes <laughs> um, I mean we'll right that, that, yeah. that, that, that pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so brilliant yeah. yeah and he just goes right I'm done thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it anymore um, ah. but yeah uh, before we get to that just because um, I wasn't realising because I just wrote down your first name is, that, is it you, are you a reverend I am yes um, uh, in what yes. form <laughs> in what form does that mean uh, I, 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 in a religious I mean, sense or? yes a religious sense yes, yes. yes. okay yes yes I'm a Christian I'm a, I'm a Church of England bishop Okay. And uh, was the Bishop of um, uh, Leeds until okay. three years ago when we retired. 
and I now live in Whitley Bay and act as an assistant bishop across the Newcastle uh, area. How interesting. I think that's a first for us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've had uh, a lot of different people on. People. But then, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well. That's great. Yeah. So um, so as Ricky said, as a segue, so I'll make sure we you answer that because you said yes without going into detail. Is that, <laughs> so what's, I mean, as I said, it's been about a year since we talk about talk to someone from the West Food Bank. So what's happened since then uh, in a... I guess try and be you can be as broad as you like <laughs> but within reason yeah but go ahead um i think as far as we're concerned uh, one of the things which has happened is that we've developed the food bank center which is on benwell lane uh, and so we're able to provide now much more in the way of support for people not just in terms of the initial food so that's still at the heart of what we do mm-hmm. but also in terms of advice on things like uh, debt uh, and uh, housing uh, and other problems which people uh, have and quite often it means that we've got a bit more time now uh, actually just to talk with people and let them talk talk with us because mm-hmm. often people yes they need food but they also need just a chance to talk and a chance to uh, discuss and see where they're at. So quite a lot's changed in those terms. Yeah, because we should mention as well, because I said we, we did say we've had you on, but for the benefit of those who might be listening for the first time or whatnot, is um, we should describe what West Food Bank actually does. Um, so in a nutshell, I mean, because I, mean, I could say it in a kind of generalistic sense, but you know better than me. So do you want to say, explain what you guys do? We provide food... Uh, for um, a week for a family um, and then um, we'll do that for three weeks in the first instance and with some people if they're under even more pressure uh, it can go on for longer than than that and there'll be people who come because of their delay in benefits because they've moved on to universal credit and that's made a very slow start. Sometimes they are actually in work, but, but they're receiving such low pay uh, and they're so few hours that actually they're nevertheless in poverty, despite the fact that they're in work as well. So it's a mixture of reasons people come. About half of the people who come just come once. Yes. Uh, one um, three-day or, or so pack is enough and takes them through the crisis the other half need uh, longer support mm-hmm. you mentioned low pay mm-hmm. yeah. and something means you've talked about before uh, regarding stereotypes now before yeah. previous years you hear the word food bank you think of people who might be out of work i mean we know people with, with mental health problems obviously yes. do go there yes but this issue of low pay because i think one of the st- other startling news of the past few months is you hear stories about people like nurses for example who who aren't getting? I know there's been a, like a fr- uh, yep. the, the, the freeze cap on their pay and so on. Yes. A lot of them are becoming more dependent on food banks. So, how big is that issue of, of working families, workers coming to services like yourself? It's becoming much more of an issue. Yeah. Um, we look at the uh, unemployment rates in this country now, and the unemployment rate is comparatively low. Uh, but actually, quite a lot of those jobs are paying minimal amounts mm-hmm. because they're not full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have quite a lot of people now who are actually in work or someone in the family is in work, but there just isn't enough money coming yes. in for mm-hmm. them to be able to um, to survive. Mm-hmm. And so they come to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been a, uh, a, an increasing amount of our work. And one of the things which... I, 
I really think as a culture and as a society that we need to look at is the fact that we've actually got people now who are in work, yeah. but nevertheless are not getting enough yeah. money yeah. Uh, to be able to yeah. survive. I would say, I mean, I mean, that was a very eloquent point, but I think like to, to summarise it in a very sort of basic sense is that essentially I find, especially with the, the difficulty of, of work, and as you say, you get, a lot of people get under underpaid, is that it's just people make enough just to survive and there's no like the disposable income gets less and less and less and mm-hmm. and you know i mean as someone who who who, li- who you know provides for himself and lives in his own place it's like yeah. I, I i as you were describing that i was just thinking of like you know thank god for my mom for example because you know i don't exactly make a huge amount of money because i'm trying to like do something i really want to do this is like what i want to do as a career is that I I can't tell you how how grateful I am for my mom, and this sounds really non-sequential, but from someone like you, you'll completely agree with this, is that when my mom just, like, comes around and has, like, you know, five or six tins and goes, like, yeah, he has some food for you or some bread or something, and, like, you know, that can last, you know, a few days and stuff well, like my, that. My own mother's just, been imperative yeah. my well-being, but we, we have no, we're not all blessed with that support. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. so I'm saying, I'm yeah. just saying how grateful yeah. I am, yeah. and it's yeah. an example of, like, Absolutely. where you guys come in, uh, if that's not a, 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 a viable option, then that's, like, useful. I want to say as well for the people listening as well, it's, is it pure, it's 100% donations, isn't it? It is. Yes. Uh, we, yes, uh, we get no support from the state or anybody else at all. Um, I mean, the, the bad, to, the to, bad people. I'm only kind of being just you there, just the way you went. The state. You're part of the Trussell Trust, aren't you? We are part of the Trussell Trust, uh, and um, the, uh, the 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 great advantage of that is that if there are other places around the country which actually at any particular point have uh, more food than they can actually yeah. give out, yeah. then we can ring them up and yeah. go and fetch it. Yeah. So we've had in the last few weeks, we've had food coming in from Windermere. Uh, we've had some from Harlow in Essex. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happens, and that's a great advantage of... Um, and it is, us. for people who don't know already, it is the largest food bank in the country. Uh, we're certainly one of the largest. I mean, it's very difficult to tell which is the largest. How, how, do they, how does it feel to have that as a, oh. as a title? Does it... Uh. Is this something to be? Like, just, just for the benefit of the fact that we, we, just for the benefit of the fact we can see him, he like out, like outwardly groans there, like yeah. in a kind of like. Ugh. So I didn't see it. Is there? Because some might see his element of pride, brother sees it. It just, it, just sh- it highlights the problem we have up here. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what we're trying to do, and what all food banks are trying to do, is do themselves out of business. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't think that food banks ought to be a part of our culture, Absolutely. but at the moment they need to be. Yeah. I mean, and and people need food. They 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 need that. Uh, I've been involved in food bank <laughs> since the miners' strike in 1984-5. When we I was just a, talking about that before, I was a vicar in South Yorkshire at yeah. the time. Okay, uh, and uh, and and we had we didn't call them food banks then, but mm-hmm. we were then provided for people who were desperate for food. Yeah, uh, and that has we thought that once the that strike and others were over, whatever you made of them, and that actually that would stop. And it did stop for, the, for that moment. But it's come back, and it's now much more a part of our society, and we almost take it for granted. Yeah. And we shouldn't be doing. Uh, there Very ought good point. to be enough uh, in pay and in benefits for people to, um, uh, to, to have, a, have a decent... Um, Standard live of living. a life of because because with it comes life. come with it come with it comes dignity as well yeah and, yeah. yeah oh that's Absolutely. that's super important and people people don't want to come mm. to the food bank yeah. and uh, you talk to people who've come and they've often 
you know, they've had to, they're, they're desperate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'd say we're, uh, we need to wrap this up, but all, all I would say, because I think the way you summarise that was a perfect way to end, I think, but um, I would just like to add in regards to the benefits, that's my number one criticism, and, and you know, ideally, you know, not necessarily people want to be on benefits forever. I mean, there's some people who do, but my argument is if you do end up in a situation where you're on benefits is that they don't take into account the cost of living and um, the fact that, like, for example, housing benefit used to be that it would cover your basic yeah. rent, yeah. whereas now it's just a fixed rate. Yeah. Um, I can tell you as someone who does get housing benefit that it doesn't even remotely cover uh, the smallest amount. And I, I, I don't, I live very you know, basically, so, um, so it's, it's very, 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 Daniel Blake as well, the movie that's put the West End. Yeah, we talked about this before, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um. How much did you, very quickly, were you involved with any of that during the making and what? Yes, uh, we were indeed, yeah, and, and, uh, quite a bit of it was actually filmed, uh, at the Venable Beach Church, at the Venable Beach Church down the road. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and quite a lot of our volunteers were actually involved in that as as extras. Uh, and, and, yeah, and, and I, I think that um, I, Daniel Blake, I've spoken to a number of people um, who um, uh, work for DWP, mm-hmm. who are involved, and, and yeah, it gave a realistic view of what mm-hmm. it's actually like. Um, was, was, it like work, be was it like working with Ken? Was it was it all Ken Lewis? <laughs> I, 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 people enjoyed that, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah the end. actual producing the film was a good experience, but beneath it all in a, is the sense In a nutshell, because we need to wrap this up, Mr. Just, uh, could you very quickly just say where you can find your good self? Have you got an online presence at all? Um, uh, yes, you can. Uh, the, uh, the Newcastle West End Food Bank. Uh, and there is a website. And uh, if someone wants to come and see us at 331 Benwell Lane, they are Brilliant. welcome to do so. Excellent. That's what I wanted you to say. Thank you so much for coming in, John. It's a real pleasure to meet thank Reverend you. John. But I got it in there. Yeah. Uh, huge thank you, uh, my friend. And uh, obviously, welcome back anytime. And uh, thank again, you so much yeah, for coming on. And you guys do great. You, you're welcome. Uh, right. We're going to wrap, uh, well, not wrap this up. We're going to wrap the segment up by doing, uh, we need to play some uh, some jingles, uh, obviously. And uh, we'll be right back after Speed by Billy, J- Billy Idol. I found it on the day. I love that song. And we'll be right back to talk to Sam and Holly in the studio right after this. Sick of the same old radio sound? (sighs) Then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Your only Bollywood station in Newcastle. Spice FM 98.8 FM. Gotta do Relax. 
Train for 
everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM. Huge thank you to the Reverend, <laughs> which was really fun. Uh, me and uh, Ricky, we should say, if you hear a difference in sound, it's because me and Ricky are uh, sharing a microphone because we have two guests, which is exciting. Uh, it's like old, it's like we're doing old school <laughs> like Mentally Sound again. Um, do you want to like sort of actually sit on that chair because that'll be easier because sure? I don't want you I'm to be too high. Yeah, but I don't want you to be too high up because okay. I know we won't be able to hear. You. Sorry, this is all. This is like an absolute like this is like the old school Mentally Sound. It's like try and make sure everyone can hear each other. Um, but anyway, um, as I say, huge thank you to the Reverend from. Um, from uh, West West End Food Bank, who, um, as I say, the more the more that we talk about it, and the more to talk to them, the more that I appreciate the stuff that they do. So, um, huge thank you to them, and obviously to Chris in the first hour from Social Worker, and Steve who just left for doing mental health news and being a general awesome guy. Um, but as we said, um, apologise for the wait for you, good sirs, but um, or good madams, I should say. Um, that was just politeness. Um, is to say, huge thank you for the wait, and just to welcome Sam and Holly to the to the studio. Hello, sir. hello guys. Hey, hello, guys. Is hello. guys okay? <laughs> guys is fine. Yeah, I, I, that's just a kind of like Geordie thing, I think. It's, just it, a kind it's of nice an Irish thing as well. All right. And you say, yes. lad. Yes, and you said you were, um, and you said you were um, married to an Irishman. I, right? I, I live with one of their people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's mean and a leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a cheap joke, but I felt the need to say. She's got green on her top. Yeah, <laughs> representing the, yeah. the representing the Irish massive. Yeah. Yeah, but do you want? Do you want? I mean, I'm obviously because um, you were get you were getting the surnames, which is interesting because you were trying to describe the Irish surname you had, which oh, I just found funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, do you want you guys want to mention how you guys know each other? I guess is a good is a good opening uh, opening segue. Do you want me to start, Sam? Yeah, yeah, you want me. Uh, so <laughs> I'm. You just mention when you talk to the thing. That's okay. Yeah. I Sorry, um, sure I have like the best that. job in the world. So my job is. I was a bit that. Yeah, you get to be a radio star. <laughs> I manage. Um, I manage a facility called the Vault. It's called the Vault at the moment. It's going to be rebranded, the Rivers Edge Hotel. And I sort of fell into this job by accident because uh, nobody else wanted me. I managed. Uh, <laughs> kind of a joke. This I was, is where I we need in, to have things. I was in trans. It. I, I did an interview for the job. I was given to the vault, and the vault trains people with autism and learning disabilities yes. to learn lots of different areas of hospitality. But the most important thing is we employ them at the end because everyone offers training, but not many people offer paid mm-hmm. jobs. So I know Sam because Sam came to us. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was in February this year, and mm-hmm. Sam immediately it became obvious that Sam has so many skills and talents and we've been using her not only at the vault but she's also managed to acquire some additional work she's moonlighting at Procter & Gamble <laughs> this is Sam yeah it's um, it's not it's not, it's not exactly a job I expected either it's um, an old sort because of a Facebook post out of all things as well yeah. um, my mum we're very close we live in the same house uh-huh. um, we were just you know just one of them nights just sitting down pyjamas on TVs on um, and my mum just scrolls down and says, "Hey, there's a post here. Um, there's like, it's, there's this, um, what's the word? Um, there's you no, know, there's like the restaurant, there's a hotel stuff. It's yeah. uh, like it's looking for trainees. Mm-hmm. Um, she watches it and says, oh, like it's it, like it's employing people with autism and such such learning difficulties. Yeah. Um, and then she says, well, this actually looks really good. Mm-hmm. And then she got really shocked because she thought it was further down the country. Mm-hmm. But she's it, wait, isn't like isn't that the river town? E, it's in Gateshead. So we went, right? It's like, it's really close. Um, and then I just said, well, let's get the contact details then. So we'll go on the website, we'll get all the things, uh, we'll meet Holly after this. Yeah. And it's a, it was a very welcoming experience from the very start, really. Because um, mm-hmm. all, we're, we're just phone her, we're just, it's, and we got from there, really. Got the grades awesome. awesome, because I mean, I'll tell you how I found out. I, was, I think it was just a Chronicle uh, article, I think yeah. a year ago. 
And here it was saying, as you say, it was the River's Edge Hotel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It used to be the Elephant of Time years ago, and, uh, and then it and then it evolved to become the Vault, and that's when I heard that the, yeah. the you know using uh, employing people with learning disabilities and autism. Yeah. And I thought, wow, we thought we'll have you've made guests for this show but yeah so yeah i mean how how's it going so far is it how long you've been up and running for it's going really well it's it's um it's a work in progress yeah. upstairs is nearly finished we yeah. actually have our first um load of guests in at the moment so it's a two million pound refurb what we're trying to do is show that you can have a hotel which is as good as any other hotel and you can have staff with disabilities and you wouldn't know any different. Yeah. The food's just as good. The rooms are just as nice. So some, it depends which area you walk mm-hmm. in at the moment, whether it looks like a building site mm-hmm. or it looks like the Ritz. Um, yeah. But we started <laughs> to get people staying in. Um, we're well, I've seen some of the re- renovations on, online and it's looking really it's promising. Isn't really it? nice. Um, yeah. John, John Heron, who is the mansion director who yeah. put in, uh, there's two directors and they both put in their own money into this project just because they wanted to make it happen um have good taste yeah. um so if it had been left to me it would uh, probably be a two thousand pound refurb okay. but it's a two million pound refurb and we would encourage people a, to stay it's like a pilot is this the first in the country or is there a few more like there's a few there are there are a few and the more sort of uh, we we sort of get media interest yeah. more people come in and say they're doing doing the same thing but I work um, I work quite heavily in the field of mental health and learning disability outside the vault Mm -hmm. I have a volunteer role on a charity called BASE which is the British Association Mm -hmm. of Supported Employment Mm -hmm. and supported employment is a way of getting people with disabilities Mm -hmm. and mental health Mm -hmm. into work Mm -hmm. and there are other similar I don't want to use the word schemes because scheming sounds like you're up to something and they give people opportunities to learn but the problem is you can give people as much knowledge as you want unless you get an employer to say here's a job it (laughs) it kind of there's a cliff edge everyone falls off and the model I, I don't know if you're familiar with IPS which is the mental health model yeah so there's a lot of work around mental health and the fact that having a a job can it depends on your job it can be Mm. very detrimental to your mental health or Mm. it can be um a wonderful thing and the IPS model says that you start with the person and you find out all about them and you find an employer who understands that person perfectly Mm -hmm. and embraces who they are including their mental health Mm -hmm. and builds it into the job role Mm -hmm. and I do a lot of work around that. something you've done with Gateshead College in conjunction with them? Gateshead College are our training partners so at the moment we're not a training provider ourselves so we do internships with Gator College and we do traineeships with a company called B-Skill so at the moment we link in with lots of training providers we are going to be linked in with Newcastle College from September and we have a gastro pub in Waterloo Square currently called the Bottle Shop which is going to be (laughs) rebranded the Giraffe Lounge and in September (laughs) that will be used to train Newcastle College students with autism and learning disabilities Is there a launch date for the Vault? Well the Vault is already open in phases but the Bottle Shop and the Giraffe Lounge we are looking to start our students on the 19th of September Wow, okay so if, if you come in, yes, people yes. with learning disabilities notice me training there. Yeah, because actually, um, what I wanted to say, because I thought it was, um, I'm really sort of gr- like grateful in the sense of that you brought Sam along, because yeah. one of the things that you 
we try and make sure that we 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 i guess fulfill all the spectrum i guess as it were is that we can ask you your job and your yeah. criteria of what it is but actually having someone who 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 you know uses your facilities yeah. is kind of nice to actually ask you some yeah. questions and if you're comfortable talking about autism i guess because do you actually have it yourself yes um funny story actually i was actually diagnosed <laughs> twice all right yeah um, well with the same thing or something different yeah um, twice well technically autism twice because it's a kind of a long story really but i'd be happy to explain it as well um if you can give some sort of a brief version <laughs> that, that would be awesome <laughs> i'll um, try not to make it a 15 year yeah, yeah. ordeal <laughs> that would be nice but yeah feel free yeah yeah sure um basically it started like I was, I was my mum pretty much knew like almost straight away after I was born really and um, I think around four or five I was mm-hmm. diagnosed the first time but um, my mum was also a single parent and she yeah. was also dealing with depression at the time mm-hmm. so um, th- there were a lot of things in my childhood like youth kind of thing that they wouldn't really tell her which I think is frankly quite shocking yeah. Um, and they basically said to my face um, well you can either choose between SPL and PDD NOS which mm-hmm. are um, for people who don't know, which include my mum at the time, to be yeah. honest, um, specific language disorder and um, and PDD NOS just basically means persuasive de- developmental disorder, not over specified. Mm-hmm. So basically, they said to my mum, like, we don't really know, but like, th- there is something happening yes. here. Um, so my mum says, um, well, I think I, I think it probably might be easier to get help for SP, like specific language disorder. Yeah. So like, we went with that kind of thing. But what my mum also did not know is that I was also at this point um, marked down as also being autistic. Uh-huh. So um, flash forward a few years and, um, and my symptoms, my, let's say my symptoms, I, I don't say symptoms, but I just say, like, well, things I do for me anyway in the autism. And yeah. They got a bit worse when I was around 15. I'm not I'm not very proud of it either, but mm-hmm. I'm, I've gotten better since. Um, yeah. And we went, we went back and we, I was in the process of getting diagnosed again, but neither me and my mum at this point knew, oh, like autistic and all, we were just pursuing it. Yeah. So the um the care worker, very nice lady, we went out a few times um just to, like see how things were and stuff. Um and she says, well, like, what are, are you looking for like an autism diagnosis basically? And my mm-hmm. says, well, yeah, like this is what it's like being about. She says, well, don't you know that she's already autistic? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it it was it was like the cop had been pulled under our feet really because. It took that long to get an answer. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it should never really been told. It's 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 quite um upsetting i guess whenever we talk to people like yourself where it takes a huge amount of time before and i don't know whether you've had this experience of it sounds like to me it's very similar to because it took a while before someone diagnosed me with bipolar disorder um it's because they 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 go through this period of time i get doctors who go we don't think it's necessarily useful to get a diagnosis and i'm like well i i i struggle to i kind of see where they're coming from because they don't like labeling people but then if you don't know what you have how can you actively do something about it? Like that's that's the thing that I find confusing. It opens um, doors. My own son's autistic. Yeah. My son's yeah. eighteen at the end of this month. Wow! And he was. Three. I generally am like, you've got an eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Like I was being that, being that the nicest way. Like Fair. yeah. And I'm gonna. Um, it's a Friday, and I haven't had any compliments yet. <laughs> there you take go. It. Well, there you go. But I was. That's a, my that's my good deed for today. <laughs> well, I was a single parent. Well, that was yeah, 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 yeah. I was a single parent. Sure. Then. <laughs> And my son was three, and they didn't do to me what they did to Sam's mum. I was, yeah. I'd just gone for an, I, I just thought he was hyperactive or, or just a bit bonkers. Yeah. And a paediatrician turned around to me and said, oh, you, you do realise your son's autistic? And I just looked at him and no, was this I just a no random? Idea. Was this just a random? I was at an appointment to find yeah. out why he wasn't hitting his milestones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
the, he was talking to a speech therapist at one side of the room and playing and I was at the other side of the room with a paediatrician and she said you, you do know your son's autistic and I didn't and um, the impact was massive because it was such a shock and I didn't know but that was when I had my first period of depression yes. and I, I had depression on and off after that for about five years and actually things are all right he's a he's a teenager so he spends most of his time in his room and every so often we'll go and check his pulse and <laughs> he'll occasionally come and look for a pokemon so we know, <laughs> we know he's still alive um but it i'm is, 29 that's what i do and the diagnosis it's, it's a double-edged sword like you said it opened door it yeah. opens doors but it also meant people tried to put him into boxes yes. and tried to put him in special needs school yeah, yeah and yeah. he actually didn't need that because it turns out he's very clever he's mm-hmm. lazy as sin but he's very clever yeah yeah um but that was when my my own mental health problems started. can i just protect when you yeah. get diagnosis it's a re- it was a relief for me when i had my ptsd yeah. because i could finally nail it down and research it and find out yeah. what's best for me so i, I know where you come from. i'm gonna go with that view that i'm lazy but really intelligent <laughs> That's, i'll, I'll well, just I'll take that i'll you, take yeah. that home yeah. <laughs> i'll take that i'll take that home with me. that makes me feel better um but in all seriousness and i want to ask you if you're comfortable with this is that because you know, one of the things, you know, it's not a criteria to be involved in this show, but it just happens to be that I have bipolar disorder, which I want, I'm happy that, you know, friends yeah. of mine ask me questions about it all the time because there are, there are stigmas behind it. And as uh, Ricky very uh, nicely said, like we talk about PTSD because that's what Ricky deals with. Yeah. Um, and I was fascinated because when we got told you were coming, um, one of the things that, you know, I guess we have a basic understanding of, of, of illnesses because I guess we have to do in a show like this. Yeah. But I'd rather ask the person who deals with it is what do you think is the biggest sort of um, problem? I guess what's what do you find difficult having it, and what do you think is the miss? You know, I guess the what's the word? Um, the the stere- I guess the stereotype, just, yeah. the stereotype people have about having it, etc. I think obviously it depends on what it is you're dealing with on an everyday basis, anyway. Yes. But a lot, a lot, a lot of the time, especially with autism, because again, this is one of the main things I deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Is a lot of people think, oh, high function, low function, you must be one or the other in all things at all times. Yeah. Now, um, there's very little things that infuriate me on that level, but that really infuriates <laughs> me because. A lot of people just think, oh. I laugh because I understand it completely, yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah. they say, oh, you're either on and out. If you, if you're not, if you don't have every single symptom, you're not this. Like, yeah. and it's like, you can't, you can't be this, possibly be this. And they yeah, say, yeah, oh, yeah. like, just get out of there. You're not like, you can't, you, like, you know what I mean? Dare I say you have a normal day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, you, oh, you're normal now. You don't look autistic. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I've had that before. <laughs> yeah. Because like, like, you, because you, I guess the stereotype I get is that you can be very antisocial. Which my general, because I always say personality and mental health are, are are opposite most of the time, and my general personality is quite sociable. And like when I've been sick recently, and so my my thing was, oh, I can't I, if I didn't talk to someone for a while, I get generally unhappy, not depressed. I get generally like I need to talk to somebody that I care about because like that's it. My general happiness, I I feel good doing that. And so yeah, I guess the problem is you had is it would be a pilot disorder if you're not just like screaming and really like yeah. you're really just over the top energetic. Whereas you know I can be very morbid, I can be very quiet, and like it's not this is the pigeonholing is what you were just discussing yeah. earlier is that's so important. Like so, um, how does it? So I because I I generally like understanding these things. It's like how does it manifest itself for you? For you? Like what 
symptoms do you get? Well, in my personal case, um, mine mine obviously was present pretty much to the entire time I've existed, and it's not mm-hmm. something I'm just going to magically grow out of. No, which is again another stereotype saying, oh, they'll get to like a teenager and they'll grow out of it. Well, mm-hmm. that is also wrong. Yeah. Do you deal with it every day? Would you say? Do yeah, you get, yeah, yeah, I would say so. And I think I think if people didn't know, like in particular, oh, like this person is autistic, I think mm-hmm. they'd automatically say, oh. They're just a little bit awkward. Like, oh, like they might have not very, because in my particular case, I'm not very good at spatial awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly might notice this as well. I usually stick very close to people <laughs> in any kind of way. We've been glued together for the last hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's something I'm trying to kind of break off a little because I, I do realize I can, I can like also creep, creep people, creep people off a bit, mm-hmm. which it's, even though it's not deliberate, it's still something I try to work on anyway. Yeah. Um, there's, I'm trying to think of what else, really. Um, Buses. <laughs> oh, you just don't like them? Oh. Well, it's it's a very it's a very big point of anxiety for me, actually. Okay, and, yeah. um, I've never been able to go on any kind of public transport by myself, really. Okay. So my mum, as well, it's just people I generally trust. If I'm not there with someone, I just like I just I just go absolutely bonkers, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I like I can't deal with it. So I thought yeah, it's very weak. I, I get that as well yeah. to some extent on public transport. I do have anxiety as well. I know what it's like on you know. Particularly at um, uh, rush hour time and, and kids coming home from schools because it's literally like being on a, I don't know, a, a mobile monkey enclosure sometimes and you just yeah. think, oh, no, this is not what I need. But um, going back on stereotype very quickly, we were talking before about film references, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah film yeah. references, you know, um, PTSD involving a lot of like um, war films, for example, because they're good advocates of saying what well, this condition. Yeah. And a, probably the most famous film associated with, with autism is, is Rain Man and and this kind of thing that people are special, they've got talents and stuff. Is that another stereotype that you deal with? Yeah, I'd say so as well. Um, Rain Man, he, he, like, he, the actual character himself, he's a, yeah. pr- he's a pretty alright character in general. I think, mm. I don't think that actual film, though, had all the research that I could have had in the yeah. film as well, because yeah. they portray... Because basically, in a lot of films that like you see, um, a Big Bang Theory, massive example as well. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's this misconception that every character is automatically super bright and something, and yeah. but like only has like social problems, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Can you um, guess how many marbles are in that jaw of a pan? Like instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's an amazing talent. It's not yeah. one I have, but yeah. it is an amazing talent. Yeah. Um, and, and also, that's a great example. Is that's why I went, oh, because I, I associate myself as a geek. Like, I, 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 have, a, I have a geeky attitude about things and all i mean is to be interested and passionate about things is really what it means and the problem with the big bang theory i find and i've talked about this before on my own show and stuff like that is that it just has this persona of it becomes the point of the audience laugh at who they are not it's not a welcoming thing it did when it first started because i think that was trying to get the audience involved but then now it becomes the especially when the girls got involved there's so many scenes i notice where it's the girls complaining about how the guys are and the girls complaining about the guys complaining about what the girls are like which to me defeats the point of what a geek is a geek is a welcoming it should be a welcoming free reign type feeling whereas actually they take the the people who are the one percent of geekdom yeah. And go, oh, well, let's point at them with sticks like they're in cages, like monkey in cages guys, and stuff. And I guys, really have a hard time liking it for that don't reason. Don't the guys win at the end of the day because it's the show's still about them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and uh, well, I, I, if I was a, if, I mean, I'm not speaking for womanhood when I say this, but I would say I've had friends who are, um, you know, uh, who are a female who say, 
it you could you could make an argument of being a little bit offended by the fact that the way women are treated on that program because yeah, well, yeah um, I have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. prime example really. There's um I, I'm now I don't know this for definite because again I, I've basically boycotted that show as well. But, yeah, um, I used to, I used to like it. I Sheldon Cooper at one point had a love interest with who was also autistic I believe yes um, and she was well I've, I've definitely seen fans basically comparing them both and she's got apparently got demonised in comparison yes and uh, and a lot in some of these traits they share and then they say oh well he's allowed to do it because he is a quirky and cool guy air quotes Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do like, and then she does it, and so well, like, why are you doing that kind of thing? And, and then right. they say, oh, you're some kind of freak in the second. No, no, I totally agree. And unfortunately, we really need to wrap this up because we're nearly <laughs> at the hour, so I need to make sure I'm on time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, that's, that's the way things go on radio when you've got to <laughs> stick to time. Um, just huge thank you. Do you want to mention very, very quickly where, like, you can find your stuff? The vo- is it the called the vault? You said, yeah, where yeah, where it the, is? Just very the, quickly. The vault is in the old Elephant on the Tyne Hotel, which is on the. It's behind Gated Stadium. If you follow right. the signs for the Riversview Hotel, we have a Facebook page called The Vault. Brilliant. Um, I don't. I personally don't keep a low profile. If you Google Holly Callagher disability, <laughs> you will find me online for lots of different projects. Yeah, I don't mind come back in a time if you want to discuss that. Yeah, feel I'm free. A, We've got like literally ten seconds. I'm, so I'm a mental health <laughs> ambassador for Run England, and if you hashtag Run and Talk, it will come up with a lot of initiatives up and down the country where we try and get people to overcome some of their mental health barriers by getting out next Brilliant. Right, I need to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much to all the guests. Thank you to Ricky. Thank you to everyone who's listened to Mentally Sound. We're going to wrap this up by playing Viva, whatever it's called, by Coldplay. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you very soon for another edition of Mentally Sound on Spice FM. Thanks, guys. Couldn't believe what I